Hello, friends. I'm your host, Christina, and you're listening to Radical Stepmoms, a podcast about the good, bad, and really ugly moments about raising a child that you didn't create. Here, I'll discuss the realities of co-parenting, the way stepmotherhood affects a marriage, the relationship with our stepkids, and most of all, navigating the relationship with ourselves. I want each episode to leave you feeling validated, empowered, and oh so radical. So pour yourself a LaCroix, a glass of red, or whatever, and listen in on Radical Stepmoms. This episode of Radical Stepmoms Podcast is sponsored by Stepmom Magazine, and if you haven't read it yet, you don't know what you're missing. It's actually the first resource I found, and Stepmoms, believe me when I tell you it was a game changer for how I navigate this role. Stepmom Magazine is a monthly online publication, and each issue is packed with articles from therapists and family experts who know exactly what you're going through and what to do about it, because they're stepmoms too. When you subscribe, you'll get access to a private group forum where you can talk with other stepmoms from around the world, and they also offer ebooks on specific topics like disengaging, being a full-time stepmom, parental alienation, and so much more. They're all available to download right now. I subscribed years ago, and it was exactly what I needed to feel less alone and more supported. To join, head to stepmommagazine.com and use code RADICAL20 to save 20%. If you love it as much as I do, send me a DM on Instagram and let me know. I love hearing from you. Again, that's stepmommagazine.com and use the code RADICAL20 to save 20%. Hello, you are listening to Radical Stepmoms. This is Christina. On this episode, I am welcoming Jenny. She's a mental health therapist who specializes in maternal mental health and couples counseling, and she's also a stepmom. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you. Yay. So I um, am super interested in stepmoms who wear a lot of hats. (laughs) And when I find a stepmom who also can speak to mental health and, you know, the couples, uh, dynamics in this journey, I am all about it. Um, so before we dive into all that, how about we get a little background on you? Can you introduce yourself? Absolutely. I do have many hats. Um, I am a widow, a wife, a mom, a stepmom, and a therapist. Yeah. That's the hats I wear pretty much every day. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, kind of walk us through as much, uh, details you want to share about your family dynamics, how it all began, uh, how long you've been doing the stepmom gig. I have doing, been doing the stepmom gig since about the beginning of 2018. No, beginning of 2019. Sorry. <laughs> so I lost my late husband at the end of 2017 Um, He and I have two kids together. And then about September-ish of 18, I'm like, I wonder what's out there, kind of what's left out there. So I started kind of searching around and I found my current husband, um, started dating, and then I met his kids a few months into our relationship. Mm -hmm. So you have two kids and he has two kids? Correct. So you are like a, like blended, blended family. We have his kids part-time. Okay. So we have my two kids all the time, his two kids part-time. Part-time. And is that a, like every other week or every 
yeah, every other week or how is that um, part-time? We uh, have them, um, we have them every Tuesday, every other weekend. And then the weekends that we don't have them, we have them for dinner on Thursdays. Okay, yeah. How is that schedule? I'm always curious with people who have other schedules. Because, <laughs> you know, I have the one week on, one week off, and it's just, you know, literally half of my life every other week is a shift. So, um, how does that schedule work for you? It can be trying to be quite honest. Um, I want them more. I feel like I'm the opposite of most stepmoms, and I, I would love to have the kids more, but that custody schedule was created before I came in the picture. Um, it can be hard that first Tuesday after not having them on the weekend can be tough because um, they're, they're coming off being with their mom for quite a while and they're with different houses, different rules, different expectations. Um, so I just constantly remind myself it's Tuesday. We can get through mm. this. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll get on. Mm-hmm. When, um, when you first met kids and then introduced your kids, what was that experience like? I imagine, you know, cause you're also, you know, grieving loss of your husband and they're grieving the loss of their dad. Um, can you speak to kind of what that transition was like for you and the kids? So my kids were 20 months. Mm. My son was 20 months old when his dad died and I was pregnant with my, with our daughter. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So they actually, this sounds horrible, but they don't have actual any memories of their dad. You know, the only memories they have of their dad are pictures and stories and seeing his family. Um, So, I mean, that's been a whole process in and of itself of, of having them know daddy, but then we've also got stepdad, which you just kind of half call by his name and half call dad. Um, Mm -hmm. And navigating that. Now the kids, like the kids together are very typical siblings. One minute they love each other and they're playing beautifully. And the next minute they're screaming at each other. Yeah. So, and that's kind of how it's been from the get-go. Yeah. That typical sibling stuff is what I have to keep in mind of, you know, cause I can be hypersensitive and protective and worried about my stepson's, you know, experience with his little sister and not wanting her to be too annoying but also being like little sisters are annoying, dude. Like <laughs> it's just, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So keeping that in mind too. So, wow. I mean, just that's a lot girl. Like, I mean, just to sit with that for a second and, and how you have been able to move through that loss and finding your husband and, and forming a, a family together with him. Um, now, when you are wearing your clinician hat and all that stuff, I personally, also being a clinician, um, have a hard time. To, like my husband's always like, "You don't need to therapize me right now. Like, you don't need, <laughs> you don't need to be. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to be like constantly, you know, talking about all, you know. And it's like it's hard to turn it off. It's a part of who you are." Um, and I would imagine that going through what you went through, um, maybe that was a benefit to have those skills. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, 
my husband jokes with me. He's like, I've never talked this much in a relationship in my entire life. I'm like, welcome. This is being married to a therapist. Just embrace it because it's not going to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My husband will say the same thing. Um, he's like, do we really always have to talk about feelings? Like does it always have to have an underlying, and I'm like, yeah, yes, yes. that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, talk a little bit about your work. Um, you specialize in essentially the motherhood and maternal mental health. Can you talk a little bit about what that means? Yeah. So uh, we're trying to change the verbiage around it. It's perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Um, that's what my training is in. Uh, the mood and anxiety, we're kind of trying to phase out postpartum. Um, and kind of encapsulate all of it because it's more than just postpartum depression. You know, there's, there's a lot to it. So Mm -hmm. I work with, I mean, with women, but in terms of like the pregnancy and the postpartum and and perinatal, it's, it's trying to conceive it's pregnancy, it's postpartum, it's infertility. It's, it's all of it. It's kind of like the whole spectrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I love that there's a different direction and encompassing more because even though I feel like the knowledge about postpartum depression is still needing to be, you know, there's needs to be more awareness. There is so much more to what you, you know, that motherhood experience, even before you become a mom and then even overlapping into being a stepmom, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned infertility. There's so many stepmoms who are actively doing the mom stuff, um, putting in all the mom love and work and, you know, emotional, you know, stuff. And then on top of that, they're, they're trying for a baby and, you know, navigating the infertility stuff can absolutely anxiety, depression, the resentment, um, that can build when you're assisting, raising another person's kid, all that. So, um, do you work with a lot of stepmoms who are, also overlapping with infertility or I haven't had a client like that come across my desk um not to say that I'm avoiding it it's just it hasn't happened yet yeah totally open to it I get it yeah do you work um I mean obviously there's HIPAA and stuff so don't give me too much information well no But do you work um, private practice or like in a clinic or um, what does that look like for you? Private practice. Private practice is very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Um, so when working with um, within those intersections of stepmom and motherhood, what is what you being a stepmom, what um, things have you personally experienced or can you see stepmoms, um, often relate to in, you know, traditional motherhood issues? Uh, boundaries, (laughs) (laughs) just struggling with either the lack of boundaries or, you know, that's usually what we struggle with or way too many boundaries and just Mm. navigating what that is like. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times too, when I'm working with, with women, especially, um, the theme lately has, has been, we control our reaction. Mm. We we can't control what comes to us, but we can control what react to it. Yep. Absolutely. And 
when you feel super out of control, that's an important thing to remember is that even when you're feeling out of control, having that knowledge of what you can control, which is yourself, can be more empowering. Exactly. And that's what I work with a lot of women on. Yeah. I, you said, um, too many boundaries, which what too many boundaries, like, what is, what does that look like in the sense of like trying to have so much control, especially like in stepmotherhood between the houses, like whether it be, you know, bio mom controlling what's going on in dad's house, you know, or, or vice versa. I, you know, I feel like it's usually more bio mom controlling, um, mm-hmm. and just trying to navigate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually just talking to my member community um, about how stepmoms can be high conflict, uh, which I want to talk more about on platform and stuff because that's the thing. And I think that having too many boundaries um, can kind of morph into a stepmom being too, or a stepmom, you know, coming off like too high conflict and that, you know, no, I'm not going to do this or, you know, um, and have those boundaries maybe cause more issues, which is, it sounds like so converse what we're usually discussing. Mm-hmm. So it just, <laughs> just to me, uh, it's another hard you know, gray area that stepmoms are trying to figure out that balance of what is working for them and what's actually contributing to the issues we're having. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And so complicated. Um, So when, I mean, stepmom aside, motherhood in general, you know, I mean, there are differences, of course, Um, especially when you are talking about specific, like postpartum issues, because there's hormone stuff involved, there's new beginnings of bringing home a little baby, like there's different things, different experiences, but motherhood in general, you know, when we're talking about mental health, so boundaries is one thing. Um, what is, what are other things, um, that stepmom should be aware of in regards to having, I guess, stronger mental health or healthier mental health, (laughs) healthier mental health. (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah. A lot of it too is self-care. I mean, it's preached a lot about, but you really got to take it to heart and think about what does that even mean for us? You know, because mom self-care is, is one thing. Stepmom self-care, I feel like is a whole other ball game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, when, I mean, there's mom guilt anyway, but then there's the step mom guilt, which I feel I experience both. And I don't know if you do too, because you have your kids and you have your stepkids, And if that feels different for you, but I have an easier time, honestly, stepping back and saying, Hey babe, I'm going to run out and go do this today. You're going to be home with our daughter. I have an easier time with that than I do leaving my stepson with his kid (laughs) for some reason. And I have to really like work on that and like talk to myself and be like, it's his kid. Like he can have alone time with his son 
And that doesn't mean that I, you know, because I feel like, you know, stepmoms just judge themselves or feel the, you know, guilt from their partners or feel external pressure or, you know, whatever that is. Um, do you talk to a lot of moms and help them work through that guilt? When I talk to moms with guilt, a lot of it is around actually working or returning to work mm. and the new moms or sometimes even seasoned moms of feeling guilty about returning to who they were before they became a mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think can overlap too with being a stepmom. Right. And I mean, I just had a conversation with my husband a couple of days ago because, um, my best friend is getting married. She lives in France and I'm the maid of honor or matron of honor. Cause I'm married. Ugh, makes you feel old. Um, right? anyway, <laughs> I'm in the wedding. Um, and so I will be gone for 10 days, which is the longest I've ever been away from my family. And I'm like, kind of having a little bit of anxiety about it and feeling bad. And it's the longest I've ever been away from my daughter, but it's also a hundred percent leaving my husband to handle everything. And I mean, leading up to it, I know that I'm going to be like leaving him lists of things like, do not forget, you know, but I was telling him about it. And he's, and I said, I, I, I'm feeling a little guilty about this. Like I feel that, and he just kind of looked at me and he was like, you traveled before you became a mom. Right. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, when I met you, cause my husband and I had been together only like, we had just started dating like three dates. And I was like, Hey, so, um, I don't know, but like, I'm going to South America for a couple of weeks. So if you still want to hang out when I get back, cool, you know, so he knew me as a, so he's like, you were traveling before you became a step before you became a mom. Like, this is okay. Like, this is okay for you to experience who you really are and also be a mom. Like that is only a part of your identity. And I kind of got curious you saying this because I'm like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. I needed that permission and to just like let go of that internal expectation. Um, but I mean, I'm a working mom, like you're a working mom, like that, that guilt in, and no matter if it's working or if it's traveling or if it's, I used to work out or I used to hang out with my friends a lot more or whatever that is that you used to do is really important to, you know, hold on to mm -hmm. when you're navigating this new identity. Right. Hey, my reaction, when you said you're going to France for 10 days, I'm like, you go girl, you get out, <laughs> you do you. <laughs> I know it's so weird. Like I'm super excited. Um, but I know that it's definitely gonna have to be like a, a workup. Um, yeah. And then the time change, I'm already talking to my husband. Okay. So it's like nine plus hours ahead. So we're going to have to talk at these times, you know, figuring out yeah. when we're going to FaceTime. So it's, yeah, it's wild. Um, so what is, if you can speak to like, what are common, I guess, um, uh, I want to say like prescription, but that's not right. I mean, like, what are you like treatment you, plan? Yeah. What do you commonly subscribe the treatment plan, you know, for moms who are really struggling within their mental health? I mean, self-care sure. Um, but what, what do you really kind of send home? It's definitely self-care. Um, it's care for relationships as well. Like, Hey, remember you were together or you are married or what have you 
again, before kids came along, um, or even for stepmom, like you fell in love with him or her, like you got to continue to nurture that. Um, but for mm -hmm. so many moms, it's helping them release this image of being the perfect mom or the super mom, you know, the mom that can mom and keep a house clean and do crafts and be the Pinterest mom and do all the pickups and the drop-offs. And it's like, no way. Yeah. yeah. I feel like social media really screwed us in that regard. I feel like this gener this generation of moms um, have it a lot harder than previous generations. And also, but there's also more awareness too. Like it's great that there's social media in the sense that we have all of these platforms that are saying, Hey, like this experience is normal. Hey, you know, but then there's the social media where it's like, you know, the mom that can wake up early and have a workout and do a smoothie before the kids are even awake. And then when the kids are awake, it's all sensory activities and getting outside. Like, it's like, oh my God, like <laughs> not even I, it, that kudos to those moms, but that isn't this mom here. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. And then you have to remember, like, you know, that saying of social media is just the highlight reel, right? Like okay. they are sharing what they want you to see. Um, they don't share when they're screaming at their kid because their kid just won't stop talking, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Which uh -huh. is what happened to me today. <laughs> I'm like, why are you so chatty? Oh my God. Um, so, oh gosh, I had a, um, going off of that social media. Oh, it's yeah. Same for stepmoms, right? Like we are always <sighs> trying not to be evil. <laughs> yeah. And, and realizing that so much of what is upsetting us or so much of what is frustrating us or, oh my gosh, this kid is just driving me crazy. Like, why won't he stop talking about Pokemon? That's me. I'm that mom, um, <laughs> you know, is normal, but we have this idea in our heads of what a great stepmom is supposed to be like, or, you know, what a, um, healthy stepmom is supposed to be like. And, so regardless of step or mom, what is kind of your takeaway? Like, what is your, I don't know, message to them? A lot of time we just break down what it is that they're trying to achieve. Like, what are the expectations that they are and are not meeting? And, and the ones that they're not meeting, is it a realistic to even try to be meeting it sort of thing? Like, mm -hmm. where's the balance? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, expectation piece, um, and being realistic, like I can write out my whole day's agenda of like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and this and this. And like two things will get completed two things. And my husband will come home and I'll be like, yeah. So the dishwasher still, you know, hasn't been put away and haven't swept and there's toys everywhere, but Hey, I reorganized the pantry and I am dressed. You're welcome. <laughs> I you know, sometimes it's all we can do. Hey, that's yeah. Yeah. And you know, just, uh, the larger picture too. Um, I feel like it needs to kind of be acknowledged in, in the pressure, not only that we put on ourselves, but just motherhood in general. And that, moms carry so much of the emotional, you know, burden, internal um, mental load. Yeah. And I mean, I saw a post, uh, from 
uh, mom platform recently that I even shared with my husband because I always get upset with him. I always get upset with him when I'm like, Hey, what do you want for dinner? And he's like, I don't care. And I'm like, Hmm. Okay. Look, not the correct answer. Try again. (laughs) I have made all the decisions. I have brought all the food home. I created the lists. I know the inventory. I'm giving you a menu. I just need you to pick from these four. I have narrowed it down to four things we can have. What do you want? You know, and so I sent him this post because it was like, we are women slash moms, regardless of what type of mom tend to fall into the role of being the keeper of the house and keeping that inventory of how much toilet paper we have, or if we need to pick up another jar of pickles, or for me, it's always, do we have enough ketchup in the house? Because my stepson will eat ketchup on ketchup. Ketchup and and, ranch. You know, (laughs) and that's exhausting. And, and my, we have this like ongoing joke in our house that as soon as I get home from the grocery store, one of the kids is like, oh, we're out of this. You know, this week it was toothpaste and juice boxes. And I'm like, I literally just got home from the store. Like what the hell, you know? So, but that's like a societal thing that we carry. And I myself personally am little by little, you know, vocalizing these issues with my husband. So he he's aware of them because he's so privileged that he's not aware of them. Maybe he'll become more aware when I'm in France and (laughs) maybe, yeah. (laughs) And then, um, you know, for stepmoms to become more vocal and be, and I think that that's, I'm kind of rambling on here, but I'm connecting things as we're, as I'm talking and that, you know, stepmoms step up into this natural role, air quotes, natural role because of the gender they hold um, and take on so much right away because, you know, their family needs ketchup or uh, (laughs) they need a menu. And so we drop into this motherly role so soon. Um, Now you were already in that motherly role. Uh And I mean, you had a baby, two babies really. Yeah. was it, would you say that it was a natural transition for you to step into the blended family role or what was that? Was there, um, I guess a cultural culture shock inviting, you know, two other kids into the picture? It was not so natural to be quite honest. I mean, I come, I mean, I'm privileged that I come from a family that there aren't stepkids, you know, divorce, anything like that. So I was walking into, this is Cinderella. Like, is this how we, is this what I have to do? Um, So very much leaning on a lot of books, a lot of articles, some pretty sweet podcasts that I found. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And just kind of winging it. Because I yeah. also kind of feel like there's knowledge and knowledge is power, but too much knowledge can be not a good thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Especially when um, the, the too much knowledge thing, uh, it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I think that and it's like, again, it's great that there's so many resources and it's becoming more, you know, aware 
but you have to find what really speaks to you and what you feel is going to work for you based on who you are and what your family dynamics are like. Right. Because not all advice is, you know, equal, I guess. It's not. No. And I think that's a lot of what moms struggle with too, is there's, you can find any advice anywhere, but do you follow? What do you not follow? What do you try to adapt? What do you try to throw out sort of thing? It can be a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I was working with a stepmom recently who was working with me on coaching and then, um, had a whole other team of people that she was working with and like within her personal life. And it just became clear, like there's so many different voices going on, talking about what she needs or what she should be doing or whatever that she wasn't listening to her own voice anymore and had to like, okay, stop. Let me reassess and figure out what, what really makes sense for me. Cause it, again, it's just super overwhelming. Um, and a part of that was, you know, a lot of working with her partner and stuff. So transitioning into, you also do couple work mm-hmm. and you, we briefly mentioned, you know, putting our relationship as a priority. Um, what's your stance on that? Because sometimes people don't think that the couple should come before the marriage or relationship. Um, what is your view on, I, I don't want to call it the hierarchy, but <laughs> kind of. but for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, no, my marriage comes before the kids hands down. Um, I got to see that in my parents' marriage. And mm-hmm. as I got older, you know, my parents would tell me that of course, you know, they loved my brother and I, but when something got rocky in their marriage, they took care of it you know, they, they did what they did to take care of themselves. So I grew up thinking and knowing and looking for someone, some buddies inside too, um, two men who would also align with that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the kids. I love them more than I thought I could ever love other humans, but my husband and my marriage comes first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The way that I see that all, I mean, my, my husband's the same way. Um, we talk about mini wife syndrome sometimes. And now having my daughter who's four, who's obsessed with my husband. Um, I see it in a different way now where I'm like, yeah, it's not so much about the stepmom. It's just this weird thing, daughters and dads. Um, but you know, my husband will come home and my daughter will, you know, daddy, you're home. Like I miss you so much. And my husband, you know, hi honey, I miss you too, but he won't like pick her up. He'll give me a hug and a kiss first. And he'll, you know, be like, I'm living on mama first. And then he'll, you know, and it's like little things like that, which I'm like, I appreciate that. And like, I see what we're showing the kids or, you know, and my husband does the same thing with my stepson, like, Hey bud, like I'm talking to mom right now. And just those little things, like we're giving them attention, mm-hmm. but it's showing, you know, that they have loving parents that like love each other. And that it's important. And, you know, we've always, um, kids always go to bed same time. And like, even if they're not going to sleep, they need to be away from us because now it's, it's adult time. It's, you know, we're going to sit on the couch and watch something that you probably shouldn't be watching, (laughs) (laughs) Uh you know? Um, but yeah, I think too, you know, it, um, it sets them up 
for their own future relationships. You know, like you said, that's what you saw your parents do. And I think it, we struggle. The conflict is when we have maybe couples that have uh, differing views mm-hmm. on that, that stance. And when you come in as the stepmom and either we're, there's a, you know, Disneyland dad or dad guilt and all that stuff. And they're afraid of, you know, showing the kids that affection, it can spur her for the stepmom. If anything, for me, I feel like this added responsibility to show my stepkids what a mm-hmm. successful marriage looks like. Yep. I feel like that's our stance, but you know, our, not all partners see it that way, especially if there's, you know, the bio mom in the background who, you know, trying to not stir shit up or, you know, whatever, but yeah, absolutely. I think, um, it's important for, for kids to see the healthy relationship, even if it's not with mom, Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> terrible to say, <laughs> How old were your stepkids when you came into the picture? Five and four. Five and four. Wow. So you got a bunch of littles. Nine, eight, five, and three. Wow. Okay. So you haven't hit the teens and they're all going to hit the teens at like the same time. (laughs) Yes, they will. And like, so it goes boy, girl, boy, girl. So I kind of don't look forward to when the, both the girls who are you know, only a few years age difference hit that lovely puberty time. Mm, yeah. See, well, yeah, I feel like my daughter right now is already in a teenager, though she's only four. Um, my stepson, I, that is what we had an incident recently where it was the first time I've really seen the teenage angst even, and he's 11, but it's like the first time I ever seen this attitude. And I just, I was just like oh no I am not this is not going to be good like there are going to be words <laughs> there'll be lots of taking deep breaths yeah yeah uh-huh. lots of taking a minute walking away yeah uh, uh so back to um couple stuff so um what I don't know I do I work with couples too and I I feel like there is um a lot of couple issues that are very specific to blended family stuff. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, what are some of the couple issues that you yourself have experienced um, within your marriage? Um, I will say parenting difference come to mind right away. See, it's interesting because my husband and I have pretty much the same views on parenting. Oh yeah. Well, that's probably worked out really well. (laughs) (laughs) For the most part, if anything, our differences come from the stepdad children relationship. Cause you got to keep in mind, he's also Mm -hmm. a stepdad, Mm -hmm. but it's tough because it's like, we're trying to take the stance of he's, he's dad in every sense of the word other than biology because mm-hmm. he is, he's the one who's here. He's the one who's, you know, providing for them, tucking them into bed at night, going to school things like he's dad, mm-hmm. but it's hard because that's not an easy relationship to build. And I think, especially for men, because they're not exactly touchy feely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's even harder with my son because my son is, is an introvert of all introverts. I mean, you, you look at that definition and my, a picture of my kid should be there. <laughs> and then my husband is not, he's a complete other end of the spectrum, extroverted, loves to socialize in theater. Like he's out there. So it's really hard for them to relate. Mm-hmm. They just don't understand each other. And mm-hmm. then you add on top of it, my son is five, so he can sometimes be a little jerk. And that just, that's just a fun little sprinkle in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think personality types really plays a part. And it, it gets, uh, I don't think it gets talked about enough or acknowledged enough where, you know, I talk to a lot of stepmoms who are like, I get along really well with my stepdaughter but my stepson, I just cannot connect with. And I just feel differently. And is that, you know, wrong? And it's what I think you connect differently with all of your kids, you know, regardless of biology. And then also like, it comes down to your personality. Like maybe you connect with her more because she's a girl. Maybe you connect with her more because she's older. Maybe, you know, like I tell my husband all the time, I struggle to get in it with my stepson because he talks about fake stuff (laughs) fantasy he talks (laughs) about pokemon or minecraft or you know whatever cartoon whatever um but i can get on his level when he's talking about animals or he's talking about you know something that's real (laughs) or that i know about you know and um yeah i think that that is a and i think with biology or I don't know when it's your kid it's there's just that more the extra patience you get an extra dose of patience mm-hmm. and it's I'm it's just different and um I I would imagine you know that you and your husband have this understanding because you're both experiencing that right like he's experiencing it with your kids and you're experiencing it with with his kids I would imagine that that leads to, you know, compassion on, on each other. It can certainly lead to compassion because we both do experience it, but I know that he feels a little bit more weight because mm. my kids are always here. Yeah. You he know, doesn't get that break. He doesn't get a break. Exactly. But when he's getting a break, he's also missing his own kids. Yeah. So yeah. there's does he, kind of a lot stirring around there. Yeah. Does he communicate that feeling? He's getting better at it because again, his wife is a therapist. So <laughs> let's talk about this, honey. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, but we're figuring it out. I mean, each day is is different because each day presents us with, you know, a new set of challenges, sort of thing. Yet we seem to always land at least somewhat near each other that we can figure it out together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what has I and, you know, blending and stuff, what has the dynamic been like with, um, uh, the in-laws, you know, where, um, you have your kids or are they kind of grandma, grandpa, or, you know what I mean? Like the relationship mm-hmm. with your kids, with your husband's kid or husband's family. We get along great. So yeah. I get along great with his parents. Um, my kids get along great with their grandparents. And I mean, heck, these kids are pretty lucky. They got three sets of grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> that also means like three holidays and everything, but it's all worked really well. And then conversely too, like 
my husband is learning to have two sets of in-laws because there's mm. my parents and then my late husband's parents who I'm still very in touch with mm-hmm. and vice versa too like my side of the family has welcomed the stepkids like step grandkids that always sounds so weird um, yeah yeah they're just kids think, and, and grandkids yeah I think that step is yeah I feel like it's, it's almost, it's necessary when it's stepmom and stepdad. Cause you know, that's a definitive, like, okay, you know who you are, but then when you get to the parents side or the kids side of it, it's like, I don't say, you know, this is your half sister or this, you know, like just, it's just family's family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. I love, um, that it's, it sounds like you have a really good support system um, and a supportive husband, what have you, I would you say is the most challenging thing for you personally and the most challenging thing at, for you as a stepmom? I think the most challenging thing for me personally is doing what I can to foster a relationship between my husband and my kids. Mm-hmm. And then the struggle for me as a stepmom is just having a second wife. I mean, that's, usually what I refer to bio mom as is when I'm mad as the other wife or the second wife (laughs) (laughs) sharing my husband, you know, all that kind of feelings. Um, Mm -hmm. and just what that even means. Like, you know, there's, is another human who's got effect in my house and Mm -hmm. I'm still working and accepting that. And it's just kind of finding those boundaries for myself and my family. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would love to chat about both of those things. So the one <laughs> about, you know, you fostering a relationship, uh, for your kids and stepdad, um, which I think could be helpful even for stepmoms to hear and fostering relationships with their, with their stepkids. What has helped your family in developing those relationships? We have decided to set the rule, we meeting my husband and I, that every day, both he and I need to positively recognize all of the kids. So what does that look like? like? It's not like throwing them a party, but it could be like, you know, my son had a good day at school. So we, we ask him about his day and like praise him on that. Or if they had good table manners, because for some reason, the nine-year-old and the eight-year-old have atrocious table manners. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's finding the little ways that we can just sing their praises. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that builds that connection. I I see it in my own stepson when I praise him or, you know, just acknowledge like, dude, that looks like, that's a really cool drawing. You know, they light up and Mm -hmm. I think it's, it hits different when it's, your mom or when it's, you know, someone else or whatever. Like, I mean, I say that to my daughter and she gets excited, but, um, oftentimes it's just like, yeah, mom, I know it's great. Like <laughs> you just got confidence. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Um, are there other ways, uh, do you guys do, um, what else do you guys do to, especially the sibling relationships too? The sibling relationships, we try not to push too much. We just kind of let organically what's going to happen, happen. Um, mm-hmm. They tend to 
play really well together. It's it's kind of interesting that the two middle kids play well together and then the youngest and the oldest work really well together. Hmm. So we just kind of let it do what it's going to do, but then break up the arguments as they come along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, I, I personally deal with this where, you know, my stepson feels a sort of way because his sister, you know, is always there. So is there any feelings that have been vocalized for your stepkids in that your kids, you know, are always there or get something special or treated a certain way because they don't experience the back and forth? I don't think so. If anything, what we're seeing a lot more of is the stepkids are asking to do a trip with us, like to do something more extended instead of just mm-hmm. like weekend things. Because mm-hmm. um, they're doing that kind of stuff with bio mom and that's, that's great. She has them more. So it's easier mm-hmm. for her to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what we're navigating of, you know, when can we do something like that? Or when can you take us to the museum? Or when can we go mm-hmm. you know, to Florida sort of thing? And it's like, well, when you're here, there's four of you. <laughs> so right. Yeah. Just a little bit more implications and the two younger ones can make some of that a little bit more logistically hard. Um, mm-hmm. But we're going to navigate that more this year and figure out what we can and, you know, might be able to do because mm-hmm. they're right. You know, we do want to do bigger things with them, you know, go on a camping trip or, you know, take them somewhere. It's just yeah. a lot more planning, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot more logistics to it. Yeah. Coordinating with the bio mom too. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, your experience of the, uh, having the other wife in the picture, that's not something that your husband has to, has to, you know, work with. Um, he's the only husband. So talk a little bit about that. However you want to talk about that. (laughs) You got to keep in mind though. It's kind of like, he's not the only husband It's just the other husband's dead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's not someone else that you have to interact with or consider, um, as far as, you know, having that parenting voice. Um, so yeah, when you guys get into that, what, uh, what would you say is, yeah. Tell me, tell tell me a little bit about that. (laughs) Usually when stuff like that comes up, it, it boils down to, I therapize myself and I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. I have a need that's not being met. Mm-hmm. So in identifying that and trying as nicely as possible to bring it up to my husband, although that doesn't usually come out um, in the, the nicest way, letting him know what's going on internally for me around whatever the subject is, and then figuring out how we can balance it. Because I mean, she's, my mom's not going anywhere. This, mm-hmm. this is what we've Something got. we all have to accept. <laughs> Whether we want to or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it usually boils down to, I don't feel like the priority. So Mm -hmm. how can we get me to feel like I'm the priority, but also the children matter too. Mm -hmm. So how do we navigate that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all the different things to consider. I personally, I can totally relate to that. Right. And I personally have had to really know myself and know that whatever, like you said in the beginning, whatever reaction we're, ha- we're having in that moment is connected to an underlying need or an underlying core value and belief that's being activated. And it's up to us 
to identify that and then be able to communicate it because on the surface it could be you know our partners like why the hell did you give a crap about this the deal all i did was text her back and say that yes the kids can come over two hours early what's wrong with that and the stepmom is like what like i don't understand why you didn't run this by me first i don't know you know and Mm -hmm. it's like okay let's break this down one i value communication I value you valuing my time. I value my ability to mentally and emotionally prepare for the transition and for the kids to, you know, understanding all that and being able to then communicate it to your partner in a way that they can respect and understand. They will not respect or understand if you're yelling at them being like, why are you texting that hoe? (laughs) (laughs) That's when they get defensive. But man, it takes so much energy and it's exhausting and it takes practice and uh-huh. the ability for both for both people to know that you're trying to work on that. And it took a couple years for my husband and I to finally have a rhythm and he can call me out now. If I respond in a nasty way and I'm like, you did what? Like, no, you know, he'll be like, stop you know, like take a deep breath. What are you really feeling right now? And he can now assist me in, in, you know, navigating that process. Um, before he would just, you know, like, you know, join me in the chaos, um, which resulted into more arguing. So more chaos. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I would say, that is probably the biggest hurdle for all of us is we have to consider the other person mm-hmm. and I don't want to. <laughs> when usually that other person never considers us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So why are we considering someone else when they aren't considering us and yay more needs not being met? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that priority piece, right. It goes back to, you know, wanting to have your marriage take priority in that relationship. But when you're having, having to consider not only another person, but that person also being an ex-spouse, it's hard to not get bitter about it. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, just has a presence in our home, whether we like it or not. Exactly. And how many of our husbands realize that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still working on mine to realize that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's just complicated and no wonder all of us are just searching for more guidance on how to, how to figure it out because, you know, you can't, you can't have so many boundaries where you put up all the walls where you're not growing and you're not challenging yourself and you're not considering other people's experiences, right? Like boundary, too many boundaries can be uh, doing more damage than good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, <laughs> you have to know yourself well enough of what you can and can't, can and won't, you know, put up with um, while considering everyone else's own, you know, stance and, and boundaries. Um, one right. thing just popped in my head. We can't have too many walls that we're just walking into walls, yet we can't have not enough that we're getting walked all over. Ooh. 
That might be the quote for the episode. It's <laughs> a good one, isn't it? That Just is good. That. Good job. <laughs> Write that down. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, God, that's hard though. It's really it. Yeah. And oh man, I had a thought, and then it left me. Sorry, I couldn't let that thought get out of my brain. No, that was very that important. <laughs> you had to say that one out loud. It's okay. Mine was not that important. Um, uh, yeah, I, I going back to, you know, kind of our topic here of mental health, um, you know, meant the word, the, the words, mental health and self-care and stuff gets thrown about in all sorts of different ways. Um, and having that self-awareness to know when you need that extra help, I think is hard to get to and hard to acknowledge. So as a clinician, what would you say if a stepmom is struggling, what would you say are indicators of maybe go and talk to someone and get that extra support? I would say when things are feeling out of balance or when she's feeling like she things just don't feel right. And that sounds so vague, but like in the sense of, you know, going back to, we control our reaction. So if she's seeing like she's having a reaction, but then in reflection or whatnot, she's not liking that reaction, then -hmm. let's do something about it to try to make it, I don't want to say better, but make it different. Improve. Yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I, I always, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of therapy and counseling. Obviously, I think you're completely biased. Opinion. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm totally biased. But I think you know everyone should benefit or can benefit. Um, and even if you feel like you got your shit together, you know it's it's so beneficial to talk to someone who is you know outside of your everyday and can give, you know, different insights and different perspectives and is educated to give different tools. Um, because we can be, feel flooded in all these emotions, but if we don't know how to process them, um, in a way that's effective, so we can learn from them, like, you know, venting and sharing how we're feeling is one thing, but making it an effective process is another thing. So that's always like kind of, my threshold for myself and when talking to stepmoms is all right is what you're doing working is you know talking to your best friend enough is talking to your partner enough or is talking to your partner about your experience turning into more arguments because they don't get it because they're not a stepmom and they're never going to get it on your level (laughs) that's when you can talk you know and reach out for that for that extra support exactly Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so before we wrap up, um, I wanted to ask, um, what would you say for a new stepmom or even a seasoned stepmom, but, um, what would you say to someone who is struggling with, kind of transitioning into this new role or transitioning into a new season in their role um, and having difficulty either with their identity or just, you know, feeling lost in that. What would be your kind of either 
introspective question or guidance? I would say storefront is not the easiest gig. <laughs> For real. <laughs> but it can be the most rewarding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can. Yeah. And I, I think that that's where we kind of, there's so much hope in that, right? Where we hope that it's rewarding and we have to remind ourselves that this is, you know, a, it, there's not like a one quick fix, right? Like we're not going to just like take a pill and be like, Hey, I got this shit handled. I know how to be an awesome stepmom. Let's go. You know, it's, you know, if there were though, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be real great. You know, I'm going to talk to some people and see, you know, <laughs> but it's it, it, a podcast though. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the journey. And, uh, yeah, like I think the more I talk to stepmoms who've been in it for really long, um, the more I believe that the more that I, I continue to have that hope that, yeah, it is going to be worth it. I think for stepmoms who are, tired of hearing that and going, you know what, I don't think it's going to be worth it. You know, like I, I would ask them, you know, to what is really coming up for them when that, when they have that reaction. Um, uh -huh. some, because absolutely this is not a gig built for everyone <laughs> and it's really not. Yeah. yeah. And, um, to be honest and, and open with ourselves and, in you know, realizing that, um, is important too, for your mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Find a balance. I feel like that's yeah. what I preach. Find a balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you need help finding that balance, get help. There's people, <laughs> there's people that we like to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for coming on um, and sharing your story and sharing your insights. Um, that brilliant boundaries mantra I'm going to print out and hang up. Uh, <laughs> super helpful. Um, as always, ladies, be well and stay radical. All right, ladies, the episode is over, but do you want a little more? Come find me on Instagram and join the community at Radical Stepmoms Podcast or schedule a one-on-one -on -one session and get that personalized support or become a Radical member and gain access to exclusive content like bonus episodes and merch. Radical Stepmoms is so much bigger than a podcast. Check out the details and the notes on this episode.